Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Before this one gets started, I just had to let you know I did have a mic issue at the start of this recording. It gets figured out about uh, the two and a half to two minute, 45 second region. So uh, if you want to skip ahead a little bit and uh, not deal with how ridiculous my voice sounds at the beginning, that's totally fine. But just letting you know it does get better. So stick around for the rest of the content. Hello everybody and welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Grutnablink and I will be your host and I've got my guy Blake here with me. Blake, how are we doing today? We are doing very well and thank you for asking. Looking forward to the chat tonight. Let's see what's going on. <laughs> well, what's going on is we're going to be talking about uh, your standard hot and cold players. Uh, we've got a big list here. We'll try to get through for people I know. Uh, a lot of these guys have been getting lots and lots of questions on and uh, been telling a few people, you know, hang on, hang on for Sunday night and uh, and we'll see what we can talk about. We already got a comment here from David. Are you a Broncos fan? He's looking at my hat here. Uh, Let's yes, ride. I, I am a Broncos fan, unfortunately, uh, this year and the past number of years. Uh, but you know what? We won... We won a championship back in 2015, and that's all I need to remember. It's a lot better than uh, my Leafs. That's for that's for yeah, sure. It wasn't that long ago, my man. That's that's totally valid. All right. Um, before we get into things, make sure you check out the Apples and Genos Discord server. We have a thriving community, hundreds of like-minded fantasy managers who can bounce ideas off of, as well as get the latest news and content alerts. If you're looking for help with those crucial waiver wire pickups each week, you can check out the Patreon, where for 5 bucks a month you get a weekly article detailing all of the best pickups for the upcoming week, including long-term plays. All these links in the show description. Come check it out. Come join the Discord. Come join the Patreon if you need some help with your waiver wires. And let's get into it. Uh, now, I think I've got a bit of a mic issue going on here, so I think I'm going to try to fix that for a second. Blake, you want to dive in on Tage Thompson while I take two seconds to plug in and plug out my mic? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was kind of enjoying it. It's like a little, uh, it's kind of sexier, you know what I mean? It's a little, <laughs> little baritone there, a little Barry White. The slithery <laughs> sounds of a female snake. That's a Simpsons reference. Um, all right, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Tage Thompson is uh, the first player that we're going to talk about today. And uh, man, this guy's just just going off the wall here. He's got 12 points in his last five games. Um, he's Right now, he's fourth in shots per 60. He's 33rd in individual scoring chances for per 60, uh, just over the last five games, which is excellent. Um, on the season so far, he's uh, got 79 IPP, 79% IPP, which... Uh, um, seems a little bit high. Um, he had a 69% last year, giggity. Um, his shooting percentage is in line with last year, but his on-ice shooting percentage is high, right? He's got 14.6% uh, versus 12% last year. And yeah, how you doing? You good? I think I'm back. Yeah, you're back. Maybe. Oh, you back. Sound, yeah. Right. yeah, we lost a little <laughs> bit of ambiance, but that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so Thompson, like you said, um, some stuff is a little high here, but uh, also the shots and the individual scoring chances rates are up pretty significantly from last year. So he's actually producing more um, in those advanced stats I like to look at. I don't know if you can call shots an advanced stat, but uh, usage, like in terms of his actual time on ice, pretty much the same as last year. So it seems like they're kind of deploying him the same. Um, so definitely, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's going to put up 12 points every five games or anything. Um, but yeah, big numbers, um, taking a step from last year in terms of the underlying stats. I really like what I'm seeing from Tage Thompson. Um, I'm curious if you had to put a number on it, what, what would be like your point pace projection for the rest of the season? If you had to put an estimate on it right now, what are you feeling about Tage Thompson? For Tage? Hmm. Uh, I like, I like point per game on this guy. I think 80 is, is, is within reach. Um, you know, I, he's just not a player I, I was super familiar with last year. I've watched a little bit this year and I mean, 
he's been lights out, obviously. Um, so I think to me, he looks like he could be point per game player. Um, more goals than assists, uh, I think would be nice. Um, but when you see a player like this, Nate, like who, who's his, a lot of his stats aren't um, that different, um, but he, he's getting more points. What do you attribute that to? Like, I know we have a couple players like that, maybe even better examples than Tage Thompson, but you know, they're doing mm-hmm. the same thing, but they're just getting more points. What do you, you know, is that luck or, or what is it? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of luck for sure. Um, like, like we said, the IPP seems a little bit high, maybe ten percent high this year. Yeah, the on ice shooting percentage also a little bit high. Um, so a little bit of difference there as well. But um, yeah, overall, I think that Thompson is just kind of legitimately taking a step. Um, you see that kind of in the underlying numbers, I think. Um, so to me. Uh, I really do think that there's something to this with Tage Thompson and, you know, he was, um, you know, floating in that 65 to 70 point pace range last year, this year. Yeah. Point per game. I'm, I'd be, I'd be in line for that. Um, I don't know if I would, uh, if that'd be like the most probable outcome, um, because you know, it could just be a hot start and, uh, it's pretty hard to be a point per game player in this league. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely think that over 70 is uh, what I'm expecting from Thompson and definitely point per game well within reach for him at this point. Yeah, he looks good. And Buffalo just, they're, they're doing very much, big surprise this year. Was not expecting that from them. Big surprise for sure. And sticking with Buffalo, we got to talk about Rasmus Dahlin. Last five games, two goals, six points. He's only got one game on the entire season that he hasn't registered a point in. Just remarkable stuff for a defenseman, um, for any player, really. Uh, mm-hmm. In those last five games, fourth among all defensemen, shots per 60, fifth in individual scoring chances, four per 60. And to top it all off, he's been skating 27-plus minutes a night. So he's getting these incredible rate stats, and he's multiplying them by big minutes as well. So he's really, uh, obviously, churning out the stats in that way. He's just completely blowing his previous rates out of the water. Shots per 60, individual Corsi, 4 per 60, individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. Even the on-ice stats, you know, his on-ice Corsi 4, his on-ice scoring chances 4. Just everything has taken a massive leap uh, so far this year for Darlene. He's doing it at even strength too. It's not like it's just like a power play bender or anything like that. Uh, He's getting more ice time. He's up to an average of 25 minutes, 53 seconds on the year versus 24 minutes and one second last year. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is really something that he can sustain for a full year playing at this unbelievable pace, but like um, the level of play and it's borne out in all the advanced stats, the level of play from Rasmus Dahlin has just gone through the roof this year. And he's looking like a legitimate top 10 uh, defenseman and maybe top five defensemen as a ceiling. And, you know, like, this is a former number one overall pick, right? Like, yep. this is what uh, this is what we were hoping for from Rasmus Stalin. So maybe, you know, maybe the lights just turned on here. It's a little bit what it looks like. Uh, how are you feeling about Stalin? Yeah, um, I've seen a couple games with Buffalo, and, and uh, you know, along with this, the stats that you mentioned, um, he just looks good. He's he's dominant out there. So um, that that is really nice to see, especially of a, a number one overall pick. Um, you, you know, the thing I loved about Dalene going into the season is, you know, we were thinking like you know, 50 points, probably 50 points and really good perifs, right? Good hits, good blocks. But, I mean, you know, is he going to be 60 points? 60 points with good hits and blocks like now we're talking you know what i mean like you said you're, you're looking at a legit like top 10 defenseman certainly maybe you know maybe more valuable in bangers cats leagues but um yeah it, it's the goal scoring too that's that's been a surprise for me i mean just even just looking at his shooting percentage right now yeah like he's almost at 16 percent. where you know last year is a great season for him he had you know he was shooting at 7.6 percent. so um lots of things going right uh, more power play time though this year more time on ice so it just seems like a perfect storm with this player and i love to see it i, I like what buffalo's doing a lot tage thompson and darlene in particular yep yeah i'm with i'm with you on darlene um if he can keep this up and you know it's been 12 games i think into buffalo season at this point so we've got lots of road left ahead of us but if he can keep this up then definitely like 
even a 70-point season isn't out of the question for Darlene. Um, I don't know if that's his most likely outcome, like I was saying with Thompson with the point per game. Um, but it's not out of the question the way he's been playing. So if he can keep it up, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, one more thing on Darlene. He is currently listed as day-to-day. He missed the game against the Lightning. I don't have an update beyond that. So um, if you're looking at trading for him, maybe at least get uh, a little bit of clarity around the injury before you go out and do anything like that. Yeah, I don't know how uh, you could get this guy at a trade. Yeah. He's, he's, he's bombing right now. I mean, maybe if he's injured, you can get him, but I don't know. Just yeah. enjoy this. Just enjoy the production. Yep. I'm with you there. Number three, Hampus Lindholm, who's rocking eight points in his last five games, had a four-point game in there. He's only 67th in shots per 60 among defensemen, so definitely that's a little bit of a red flag there. Uh, he's not significantly outperforming his 10 games at the end of last year that he had with Boston in really any of the advanced metrics that I'm looking at, and that's despite now having top power play usage. So the IPP this year so far, 48% career. He's been more of a 35 to 40% guy. He's shooting 18%, normally a 6% guy. And on-ice shooting percentage is 15.2%. He was 10.9% uh, with Boston last year. So to me, really, the only way he holds fantasy relevance is if he can somehow hang on to that top power play even after McAvoy comes back. You know, if they want to, you know, kind of ease McAvoy into a full role and they don't want him to get every minute right out of the gate then you know maybe they let Lindholm run with the top power play since he's been effective there um, that's kind of the only way I can really see this uh, hanging on for Lindholm where he continues to be fantasy relevant for a long time uh, how are you feeling about about Lindholm here do you think he's more than just a guy until McAvoy gets back or uh, am I on the on the mark with this guy Nah, nah, he's not the guy. Um, I don't think so anyway, but uh, I hope he doesn't keep that uh, PP1 spot because I got McAvoy in a bunch of spots, so I need him to uh, produce. So Hempus Lindholm, don't mm-hmm. uh, steal my shine, please. But uh, yeah, you, you you hit it right on the head. He's getting t- way more power play time and he's getting more time on ice, right? And he's getting time on ice with good players. So he's he's filling in admirably and i'm i'm happy for the guy you know his his previous uh season high was what is it uh, 30 34 points looks like so you know that's that's not he, he he's on pace to blow that out of the water right but i just i just don't see it happening um you know he yeah he's going to lose that time and his time on ice is going to go down too plus he doesn't bring a lot peripherally um not as much as other guys so uh while i am happy to see it this is his points and his stats are bolstered by a four-point game right so yeah. uh, we'll see I'm, I'm interested for sure but uh yeah when mcavoy comes back i think the party's over yep with you on that let's move on zach hyman before last night's game uh saturday night's game if you're listening to this on monday uh, before that game he rang off a six-game point streak he had five goals and four assists in those six games Uh, His deployment in terms of time on ice consistent with last year, the IPP shooting percentage all in line, on ice shooting percentage up to 13% from 10% last year. So you could say that's a little little bit higher than you'd uh, expect to sustain over the full year. But he is firing almost 50% more shots and individual scoring chances for and both the uh, on ice numbers that I look at, Corsi 4 and scoring chances 4 per 60. Both of those taking a big leap as well. Hyman seems to be a fixture in that top six and on the power play. Um, I'm pretty bullish on Hyman. Uh, This might just be kind of, you know, second year in Edmonton, kind of getting a little bit more comfortable. He knows uh, McDavid a little better. McDavid knows him a little better. They know where each other will be, and he's just kind of settling in now. Uh, I don't know if I believe that he's going to shoot this much all season long Um, but definitely uh, if you have Hyman you can't move off him for the time being um, until he cools down for sure Um, I like honestly looking at his numbers like he could be a point per game guy if this keeps up Um, I don't know how likely that is but really uh, just the shots and the the scoring chances and the better 5v5 play, like it's all there for Hyman right now. And I'm pretty bullish on him rest of the season. Yeah, I like that. Um, it's just, it, it seems like they, I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but they know what they're doing offensively in Edmonton. Like it's very clear. It's very fluid what they do. And this guy's a part of it. So he's going to get points and he's playing with Connor McDavid and they have some decent chemistry. And so 
Um, yeah, I like what I'm seeing from this guy. He he can. I, I always look at the peripherals because I'm in a lot of hangers and cats leagues, and and he can bring a little bit of that too for a forward. So, um, yeah, I, I like what I'm seeing, and and obviously the shots uh, total is is much different, right? He's shooting a lot more. Mm-hmm. Even if that comes down, I still think you know we're looking at a 60, 65 point player, which is great with decent peripherals, um, and and probably some decent power play. Uh, points as well you know in that second power play yep. so yeah he's he's great um edmonton is just a fun team to watch and you know uh, this year i picked matthews over dry on on three teams i had second pick in three teams and uh that's killing me right now oh my god <laughs> dry is just going nuts so that's that's fine. yeah it happens uh it happens to the best of us that's for <laughs> sure yeah it seems like just to note on the power play, it seems like they're yeah. doing that thing that they did last year where kind of Evander Kane and Zach Hyman kind of split off um, almost 50-50 on, on the power play. And then it's Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and McDavid. They just stay out there the whole time, those three guys. And then it's just Hyman and Kane kind of filling in. One of them starts and one of them finishes. That um, seems to be the way it's going right now. Um, they did that a fair bit last year, if I remember correctly as well. So I think that's probably, it's, it's kind of like a 50% split for both those guys. And that's Mm -hmm. the way I'd kind of project it moving forward if I had to. All right, let's keep going. Andre Kuzmenko, this guy had a big bust out game last week. I was cautious on Kuzmenko, uh, in draft season. He opened with five or more individual scoring chances for in three straight games. And I was sold, like I was hooked on the guy. I was like, yeah. If you can do that in your first three games in the league, um, I'm definitely into that. He got dropped a lot. He had a four-game pointless stretch. uh, But his last five games, he's got nine points, including that four-point game. He's got less than three shots or three individual scoring chances for in just three out of his games this year. So he's been really consistent as well, which is really nice to see. He's on the Pedersen line, which I would call the top line right now, and on the top power play unit as well he's been there pretty much all season on the season he's rocking 10.9 shots for 60 clearing that 10 shots for 60 kind of threshold that i really like to see and he's got 13.7 individual scoring chances for per 60 and that kind of ratio where the individual scoring chances for is above the shots that kind of ratio makes me think he can be a pretty efficient shooter uh, once things start to fall his way like 15 percent plus so that's really exciting because he's putting out a quite a lot of shots and if he can be an efficient shooter on top of that then you're looking at a recipe for a guy who can score you know 30 35 40 goals if everything else breaks right for him so really excited about that i think he's got 70 plus point potential on the season um i won't obviously lock it in stone yet but this guy needs to be rostered in every league that's uh that's worth its salt at this point uh anything more to add on kuzmenko i think uh he's taken off right now and everybody's got to hop on this train. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've covered this guy before and I agree with everything you said. It's a really good take. Um, I did watch the game where he broke out. It was eight, five Canucks win. And yeah, he, he's, he's, his offensive acumen is, is elite for sure. You know, he's got to, you know, get used to the game over here, I think. And obviously, you know, with his teammates, but he definitely has some, some chemistry with uh, Pedersen and Makayev. I think he's playing with. Um, yeah. And plus on the, he looks good on the power play. Like he's just being net front um, and they're just finding him. Like Miller found him uh, the other night too. Same, same kind of play, just a bang, bang play where he has a stick on the ice and they're basically passing the puck off his stick. Like he's just in a position and he's getting good passes from good players. I think he, Definitely going to get, you know, some good points and definitely power play points and then all the underlying stats. Yeah, he, he looks good. And and I think there's a lot of room to grow because he could get more minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. And he should probably. Yep, absolutely. I agree with all that. Let's move on. Uh, we got to talk about Eric Carlson for a second. I think um, just been lighting the world on fire for quite some time right now. Um Let's get your take first here, Blake. What are you thinking about Eric Carlson these days and how, what he's been able to put on record so far this season? Um, well, I mean, he's been amazing. Like, what, what do you say about the guy? He's, um, I think he's fifth in the league, or he's tied for fourth in league scorings with uh, 19 points in 14 games. But that includes 10 goals. That's crazy. Um, I don't think anyone saw this coming. I mean, I know you've got some of the statistics here. I didn't do a too deep of a dive in here with Carlson, but I just wanted to 
just to highlight him and just say, well, like what an amazing season this guy's having in his 32nd, you know, 30, he's 32 years old. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, coming off a couple injury riddled seasons, actually a lot of them. Now I'm looking at his last four seasons before this, he played in between 50 and 60 games. So yeah. he's just, he's just come out of the gates firing and, um, there's no one there to, you know, pushing him. Like Brent Burns was there for those seasons, obviously. So I think the departure of Burns and a healthy Carlson, um, you know, we're getting maybe what San Jose thought they were going to get when they traded for him, you know, because yeah. it just never really materialized there in San Jose. But I, I love to see it. I mean, he already has as many goals this year as he did uh, all of last year in 50 games. And he looks good doing it. Yeah, so, he looks I don't terrific. Know. Absolutely agree. He looks terrific. The The last five games, I'm just looking at his game log here. Yeah. He's taken seven, five, five, six, and seven shots in his last five games. This is a defenseman we're talking about. And those are those are good shots too. Five individual scoring chances for then five, then four, then five, then two. Like <laughs> that number would be elite from a forward, and we're talking about a defenseman doing this. So this is really impressive stuff. He's getting crazy amounts of minutes. The last two games he's played over thirty-one minutes uh, in both games. So he's getting a crazy amount of minutes. He's putting up a crazy amount of shots. Um, I will say, like. Obviously, there's some unsustainability in here. I don't think he's going to be like, what's he pacing for now? It's got to be like 140 or something points. Yeah, 111. So, yeah, 111 points. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. So he's not going to do that. Uh, the IPP is out of this world, 70%. Even in the height of his Ottawa days, he was in like the 60 to 63 range there. So even if you think he's all the way back to that, uh, you got to knock him down 7 to 10% on the IPP. Shooting percentage is... <laughs> pretty crazy 22 sky high yeah yeah so that's gonna come down um but with that that kind of takes down the ipp to where it should be as like the, you don't need to double count that i guess is what i'm saying right as when the shooting percentage kind of normalizes the ipp will naturally normalize there as well it's not uh it's not that both of those are going to take away from his totals the on-ice shooting percentage is also pretty high, but honestly, that's probably just him shooting the lights out. So once that mm-hmm. comes down, really, I think it's just him shooting so efficiently right now. And part of that is like the individual scoring chances. Like he's being very, very uh, effective in getting to high danger chances and putting those on net. So um, yeah, there's nothing in this profile to me that suggests he's not an elite fantasy asset to hold the rest of the season. Um Definitely, there is still the injury risk. Uh, this is a guy who's had his fair number of surgeries, and um, you're plenty welcome to question the integrity of all of those lower body parts that he's had worked on over the years. Um, so I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying that this is 82 games of this is what we're going to get by any stretch, but definitely um, he's playing at a level that we haven't seen since his Ottawa days. I will say that pretty comfortably at this point. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's impossible to say that he could be um, even a point per game in like kind of a best case scenario. Um, But definitely I think like 70 plus point pace uh, is well within uh, the cards. That would be my projection at this point, 70 to 75 point pace. Um, I, I just have no reason to not believe, um, that he can continue to do this. It's not like, uh, it's not like this is a short stretch at this point, 14 games that he's put this up over. Um, it's improving the last five games, like the last five games have been his best five games. So it's not like it's, uh, he had like a few hot games at the beginning and then it started to peter off. Like it's, he's improving. So yeah, I'm all about it. Um, I think, uh, yeah, you can mitigate your risk by by trading away. Like, if you can trade off to Kale McCarr, who's only got one goal in the season, and you can do something like that, then sure. Um, oh, my go goodness. And, Carlson and for Kale McCarr. Oh, my. He's, that'd be he's, an interesting should be a, one. Yeah. He's third overall from NHL.com, I think, on the <laughs> Yeah. Be quite a steal there. I think Carlson was, you can get him in the 170s. Yeah. Beautiful. I have seen some trades floating around of people like packaging uh, another forward to go with Carlson to get Makar, and I think that's actually a pretty pretty smart way to play it. Then you kind of mitigate your risk with Carlson, any injury risk. You move over to Makar, you get that kind of established, young, elite asset on an elite team. Um, so I'm, I'd am i be pretty happy to make that move, but 
yeah, overall, I've got no complaints with Carlson in terms of his underlying numbers. Uh, everything looks like he's doing it. And another reason why he's doing it, 25 minutes on average, like I said, 31 minutes plus in both the last two games. So he's been playing more than he has at any point during his time with uh, San Jose as well. So that's another reason he could have this kind of monster season that we're seeing so far. It sounds like uh, him and Timo Meyer are the only two guys uh, shooting on the team right there. Yeah, but, but between much. them, they got like 20 shots a game. Pretty yeah, nice. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Sweet. All right, let's move on to the performing poorly section here. We've got to talk about Tevu Taravainen. Um, so I grabbed this these stats before the game today, so uh, take that for what it's worth. Just five points all assists in the 11 games before today. Um, still on the Aho line, but got bumped off power play one for Stefan Nason. Nason did get a power play goal I saw in the game today, so uh, I don't think that Tara Vinen's going to be stealing that uh, that particular job back anytime soon, unfortunately. All the underlying stats with Tara Vinen are within spitting distance of his career averages, so I don't think there's like something here that we're really missing in terms of uh, um, he's like falling off or aging out or anything crazy like that. Um, seems like he's, he's pretty much uh, in line with what he's done throughout his career. 71% IPP is strong, but only 6.1% on ice shooting percentage, and he has not scored on the season 0% shooting percentage. So for me, in summary, basically, not having that power play one really takes away the ceiling. So that's what really does it for me with Tara Vinen. But I'm not worried like that he's forgotten how to play hockey or anything. Uh, he's still the same guy underneath uh, with the underlying stats. It's really just about can he get back on that top power play to really kind of have the ceiling that we are hoping for him with, you know, um, 65 to 75 points is I think what most people expected from Teravainen playing with Aho, playing on the top power play with Svechnikov and all these guys. Um, in the game, the last two games now, like he had the two assists, but he didn't have a shot on goal. And I'm seeing today, looks like he didn't have a shot on goal again today yeah. against Toronto, Donuts. which is really rough. Um, so maybe he's trending down. Maybe it's, uh, yeah, maybe it's time to move on from Teravainen. Um, but if you do move on from Teravainen, I would say he'd be at the top of my watch list for sure because uh, if he gets back on that top power play unit, then I do expect that it's going to be pretty much back to normal uh, between him and Aho and all these guys that he's played with for a while at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't have much more to add on Toivo Teravainen. Um, yeah, I, I picked him up in a lot of lot of spots and, and actually did drop him in one of my teams. But uh, yeah, it's just power play. Really, like, you know, he had, uh, what did he have last year for power play points? Like 31 power play points. That's excellent. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons I was excited to draft him where I did, um, which was usually, I think it was around like 120, 120 to 140 area. You could kind of get him there, and it just felt like you're getting a steal. But, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I was saying to you, before, you know, before we went on air here, like, you know, if you're not watching the games and you look at the box score, you're like, was this guy even even on the ice? Like, what, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty rough, especially with the, you know, the lack of shooting and, you know, and I think, I think when you, when you're drafting, you're, you're very optimistic, right? You're like, yeah, he's gonna, he, he could surpass 65 points. He could really, you know, do something here. He's a first line, first power play, but I just don't think it's going to happen this year. I mean, yeah, we're 12 games in. So I do think 60 points is still reachable for him, but that might be, yeah, like you said, unless he's back on power play one, you know, 55, 60 points might be ceiling at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to think about it, I guess, more in terms of paces given their current deployment, right? So in his current yep. deployment, um, I'm thinking Teravainen is probably like a 50 point pace guy. And when the power play comes back, then that instantly shoots his, his uh, point pace back up into that like 65 point range for me. So that's kind of how I'm viewing it. Mm -hmm. Um, moving forward so yeah if Teravainen has a bad schedule or something he's definitely on the bubble at this point I'm not going to hang on to him just because he has that potential and hope that Rod Brindamore sees the light of day with this Stefan Nason stuff on the top power play I'm uh, I'm done waiting on coaches to make what I consider to be logical decisions so <laughs> um, I'll move on from Teravainen if I have to um, and, but I would keep a close eye on him because he does have that potential if he gets back up there and go pick up Stefan Nosen right now. Just do it, right? You're going to like what you Power see. Power play goal today. Yeah, there you go. Sweet. You're you're already ahead. All right, let's keep rolling. Jonathan Huberdo. Um, this is a big one. Mm -hmm. No points in his last four games. 
Um, really what stuck out to me the most when I started looking at his stats here, he's under 17 minutes average yeah. time on ice, which is just bizarre. Like they, this is a guy that they, they gave up Matthew to Chuck for, right? They went out to get Huberto. They signed him to this massive deal. Um, and now they're just going to play him less than 17 minutes a night. Like that's really the whole plan here. I, I just can't believe that that's going to be the case long term. Um, but it's what they're doing right now. Um, so yeah, definitely there's some signs um, under the hood that uh, we should see some positive regression. You know, the 50% IPP, typically Huberto is 70 plus percent IPP guy. Right now, 5.3% shooting percentage. He's more typically 13 to 16% range. 8.9% on ice shooting percentage. He's been in the 12 to 14% range, obviously on good Florida teams, but still a uh, pretty big difference between that and what he's got right now. He is also shooting less, like less per 60, like on a per minute basis, um, less individual scoring chances for per 60. Um, so he's not doing it individually either, which is concerning. And then obviously the average time on ice. So you get a kind of double whammy effect where he's shooting less per minute and the time on ice is down. So the overall effect is magnified that way. The good news, I guess, that I can give about Huberto, uh, the Corsi 4 per 60 and the scoring chances 4 per 60, they're not all actually all that far off his Florida numbers from a year ago. So even though he's not doing it, Calgary kind of as a team around him is doing it when he's on the ice. So maybe he's just kind of converting a bit more of that into uh, shot assists or whatever you want to call them, right? Uh, he's passing the puck into these areas and getting the generating these shot attempts for his teammates rather than for himself. That's a possibility. I wouldn't rule that out. So really, for me, the thing with Huberto, I'm really only concerned about the time on ice uh, in the end of it. Um, definitely, I, I knocked him down in my projections. I didn't think he was going to have the same environment. Uh, I always kind of knock guys down unless they really go to a clearly better situation. Um, and to me, this was a clearly worse situation for Huberto uh, going to Calgary. So, yeah, I had knocked him down in my initial projections. Now I have to knock him down a little bit more just based on the time on ice, I think. Um, what are you doing with Huberto, Blake? It's rough. Um, but one thing, when I hear, like I've, I've been hearing these rumblings too, or just on Twitter and just in a lot of the groups I'm in, um, when so many people are talking about how bad a guy is doing, a guy like Huberto, that means you buy low, all right? That means he's an amazing buy low, all right? Um, you know, you're only 10 games in. Um, you know, clearly he's not going to do what he did last year, but it's hard to go to another team. You know, it's hard to, whether it's even just a, even a good situation team, you know, you still have to have chemistry. You still have to figure it out. And, um, you know, his line mates are not doing well either. Elias Lindholm and, uh, to Foley, both guys that were expected to, you know, perform a lot better and they haven't so far. So, um, the, the ice time is a concern, but you have to think when they go out and they spend the kind of money they did on Huberto, make the kind of changes they did for their team, those minutes are going to come back. Right. And when they do, the shots will probably come back. You know, the assists will come back. Um, you know, 115 points. I don't think so, but I still think, you know, 80 to 90 points were probably pretty good with some, and, and Huberto hits too. So, mm -hmm. you know, we could, I think expectation killed Huberto a little bit. Like right. he was being drafted in the first round or end of the first round, beginning of the second. It's like, I, I didn't like him there yep. um, at all, but you know, still we're looking at like a 90 point player, probably with decent mm -hmm. peripherals. That's a good season and it's going to come back. He's, he's a buy low, go find yep. out who has him. See if they're getting squirrely, send some <laughs> garbage their way and, and pick up Huberto. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I think, yeah, basically I would say at a, 16 minutes and 52 seconds average time on ice level he's probably like a 75 to 80 point player for me um if he gets back up to that range where he's 18 18 and a half 19 then yeah now i'm talking back more like my original projection which was around 90 points if i remember correctly so uh, that's what i do with huberto let's keep it rolling we got to talk about kaylin addison again somehow just because he's been pointless and four straight um everybody's dropping him all over the place he's only 22 percent rostered on yahoo which is going to change because i wrote about him for yahoo uh, article coming tomorrow so those articles seem to be uh bumping up the yahoo numbers a fair were you promoting him so or were you were you dumping i was him? promoting him so oh, bang think, there we go i okay. think he'll i think he'll get a bump uh this week Sweet. minnesota has a great schedule this week four games three off yep. nights 
So he is gonna get uh, he is gonna get bumped up. I I do believe that for sure. But this is one of these guys, right? He doesn't shoot much. He doesn't hit much. He doesn't block much. Um, he's only getting 18 minutes average time on ice. Uh, 50% IPP and a 9.7% on-ice shooting percentage. Neither of those numbers really scare me too much. The IPP will probably come down a little bit over the course of a full season. But once again, I've said this a million times at this point, but this is a John Klingberg, Tory Krug kind of mold player where the points are going to come in bunches, and when he's not scoring points, you're going to feel like, why is this guy on my roster? And when the points are coming, you're like, this guy's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and I do think like the Minnesota Wild, they have a good power play there. They have three terrific players in Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and Boldy. And Joel Erickson Eck has really been solid in his kind of net front role on that power play. I'd like to see them use Addison more as a point shot. I think that would obviously help his numbers out a little more. I don't know if they're going to do that or if they're going to continue to kind of funnel the power play through other means. Uh, but regardless, I do think that Addison is a guy to hang on to. I I. If he hangs on to the top power play for the entirety of the season, I just don't see a possibility that he's below 45 points on the season. And the ceiling, if he you know gets more time on ice, um, uh, at even strength, I'm saying, um, and gets up into like a 20-21 minute range, then you're talking about a guy who could go to like 55 points and could be like an absolute uh, league winner almost for you uh, defense. So... That's how I feel about Kaelin Addison. How are we feeling about Kaelin Addison, Blake? I'm with you. Yeah, you, this is a great week to go out and get Kaelin Addison. He's available. Um, and yeah, you're at the very least, you're probably getting some assists and power play points. You're definitely not getting any hits. Three hits in 11 games? Yeah. What the hell? How do you do that? You, like, you have to actively avoid people. That seems intentional <laughs> to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a rookie he's going to go up and down, but I think, yeah, this, this, this week you got to do it. He's like a, he's like a young Tony D'Angelo. All right. Give this kid some more minutes. I just take every chance I can to say Tony D'Angelo because <laughs> I enjoy that. All right. And you could use to Kalen Addison can become Tony D'Angelo. All right. In a few years. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Do another defenseman here. Back to Calgary with Mackenzie Weger. <laughs> Only one assist in his last seven games. Um, the time on ice is down from his Florida numbers, which was something I didn't really expect. He's down to 21 minutes, 35 seconds average time on ice. He was at 23-22 last year in Florida. So almost two full minutes down in average time on ice. 4.7 shots per 60, down from 6.5 in Florida. So that's down as well, not shooting as much. Now, there is some positive regression coming his way, just a 6.8% on-ice shooting percentage. He averaged above 10% his last three seasons in Florida. You can, you know, regress that a little bit. Maybe it's more like a 9% in Calgary or something like that, but definitely he's still well below that for his on-ice shooting percentage right now. His on-ice numbers, uh, in terms of how the team's performing with him on the ice, are good, not great, I would say. Like, he's definitely not uh, up among the elite as he was with Florida. So that's concerning a little bit. Um, maybe I was too bullish on Uyghur. I had a pretty big projection on him. I ended up with him in a couple of places because of that projection. Um, I did think there's a pretty solid chance that he would overtake uh, Rasmus Anderson for the top power play. And I still think that's a possibility. Anderson kind of came out hot and has cooled off a little bit. Um, so there is that possibility, but definitely it's not looking like a probability at this point. Where are you at with Uyghur? Um are you thinking about dropping him? Would you be thinking about selling him low? Or are you going out to acquire him? What are you doing with Uyghur? Yeah, it's tough. Um, cause I, I listened to a lot of you talk about Uyghur. Um, but I also had my own thoughts on, on, uh, McKenzie Uyghur and I did pick him up in a bunch of spots. So I'm just hanging on right now. Uh, definitely not a drop. I mean, he's going to give you those peripherals, right? So depending on the format of your league, you're, you're still getting something, but uh, yeah, I, I, seeing that Rasmus Anderson at the beginning of the year was going to be power play one, that was a little bit disheartening. And we knew that when we drafted Weir, right? I think we all thought he was going to overtake it. And yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. They, they do have just great defensemen in Calgary. That's something they've always had. And, and you throw him into the mix. It's like, you know, you got about a bunch of roosters in the hen house. Right. And, and mm -hmm. you can see like, yeah, two minutes off his, his uh, average ice time as last year. I didn't see that coming either. I thought they were going to just ride this guy. Cause he's a beast. You know, he can do it all. He doesn't have to be your offensive defenseman. I, th I thought he was going to be on the ice a lot more, though. 
So yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know. I think, <laughs> you know, it, it, there's something like, yeah, we have Huberto and Uyghur. Maybe it's, I think like Sutter to me seems like kind of an old school kind of coach, you know, and I wonder what it's like. I'm just extrapolating or guessing, but I wonder what it's like coming to a new team with that guy as your coach and kind of just trying to get comfortable. And I, I don't know, but both, I think they're both having off season so far, which is, is not really what I expected. So, um, you're definitely hanging on to Uyghur. Don't, don't drop them. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not going the way we want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'm about the same. I'm hanging on to him where I've got him. Um, like you said, he's still providing those peripherals. Uh, if it's bangers cats, then you're definitely, you can hang on to him forever just based on what he offers you there. Um, but yeah, it is concerning. Uh, I would say that, uh, the underlying numbers are not uh, coming back up. And we see with Huberto that Huberto's kind of been able to sustain those underlying numbers, whereas Wegar hasn't. So that's kind of two guys coming from the same situation to the same new situation, and one's outperforming each other in the underlying stats. So that's a little bit concerning with Wegar as well. All right, let's end it off here with Thomas Shabbat, another guy pointless in his last four games. The IPP here is just absolutely in the gutter, 28%. Like, this should be above 40% for Shabbat pretty comfortably. So definitely just some some luck going against him uh, in that front. On-ice shooting percentage is fine. It's really just that share, that IPP number, that is the issue with his points. Shot rates are fine. On-ice numbers are much improved, as kind of everyone expected, given the injection of offensive talent in Ottawa. Uh, he's actually top 10 amongst all D in on-ice scoring chances, 4 per 60 at this point. So Shabbat definitely on the ice for lots of scoring chances. The IPP, even even if he's um, going to be like a 35% IPP guy at this point, like it's going to come up from where it is, and it's going to come up fairly significantly. Um, so I'm not panicking on Shabbat by any means. I will say, like, I think there's a little bit of a... Uh, I don't know. People have this idea of Shabbat being like an elite level offensive defenseman and his rate stats really don't bear that out. It's always kind of been more the fact that he was skating like 27, 28 minutes a night in Ottawa. Um, he still is <laughs> for the most part, yep. but he's always been a little bit more of a volume guy than an efficiency guy. Um, so that kind of scares me a little bit with Shabbat uh, every year is that you know, what if this is the year where they decide, you know, maybe we don't need to run Shabbat straight into the ground uh, every single game. So um, there is that in the back of my mind always with Shabbat. Um, but in terms of what Ottawa is putting out in terms of offensive uh, output, uh, definitely he's going to get a share of that. And I'm not concerned about him long term as like what you drafted him for, you're going to get out of Shabbat, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a great way to put that. Um, yeah, I like what you said there. I think when Eric Carlson left, um, they were looking for who's going to take over his his minutes, his spot, and Shabbat came in and, and had a good season and, and did some good things. And I remember reading something even back then, like, oh, you who Eric who? You know, we don't even miss Carlson. We got this guy, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you said, when you're, when you're getting that kind of volume on ice, like his minutes were have been insane over the years, just, uh, you know, how much he's on the ice. So, of course, he's going to get some counting stats there. Um, but I, I do think you're totally uh, uh, bang on when you say like they're kind of they're kind of making him like an offensive player when maybe he, that's not who he is, you know, like or, or or we're trying to do it mentally, like kind of putting a square peg into a round hole, you know, like I think he is who he is, like who you drafted. That's probably, you know, where you drafted him. That's who you're going to get. You're going to get a 45 point defenseman, probably, you know, with some decent power play numbers. I I don't know. I'm not, uh, I wasn't too big on Shabbat this year. I, I like the centers, but there's just too many new players there. Uh, and again, too mm -hmm. many good offensive players. They all need their minutes and everyone's got to build some chemistry and quickly. And yeah. And then you got Jake Sanderson too, um, you know, coming up and, and kind of, he's like the hot new thing there in Ottawa and he looks good too. So mm -hmm. I don't know all these things together. I, I'm not, uh, Shabbat is, is what he is. I think there's there's better guys out there, um, and I, I sort of stayed away from him this year. I wasn't too interested. So, yeah. Sorry, Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Uh, there was just kind of always one more guy that I was interested in before um, before my pick, and he always went off a little bit before I wanted to. Uh, yeah, 
I think rest of season, I think I'd probably comfortably put him at a 55-point pace, maybe 60 if, you know, the variance goes his way in the second half. That's definitely possible. Looks like Ottawa is going to put up those uh, those shot rates that we were all hoping for when we saw the top six they were assembling. So mm-hmm. that part seems to be coming true, and Shabbat should get, you know, his fair share of that as well. So 55 to 60 points, assuming he keeps that top power play for the whole season. I think that's uh, that's a fair projection at this point, but definitely I don't see much much uh, upside beyond that with Shabbat. Book it. All right, buddy. Anything from your side that you wanted to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, I just wanted to touch on briefly Jamie Ben. What is that man doing? That is true. We should talk yeah. about Jamie What in ben. the hell? Yeah, like, do we need to pick this man up? Because he's not really on the ice very much, but he when he is, he likes to score and uh, get assists. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, Jamie Ben, I'm just going through his game log right here. The last, so I'm going back, what is this, six games? The last six games, the man has not played more than 14 minutes and 38 seconds in any one of those games. But in the last three games in particular, they've all been multi-point outings. He's shot at least four times in all three of those outings. He had the hat trick uh, last night against Edmonton. And that came in just 12 minutes and 55 seconds of ice time. So, yeah, Jamie Ben absolutely shooting up. 31% rostered right now. Um, that's high. 31, that's a surprise, actually. Yeah, plus 8% the last day is what okay. uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's telling me right now. So definitely he's uh, he's on his way up. So if you want to get him, you're going to have to get him pretty soon. Dallas has a decent schedule for next week. They play on Tuesday, which is a heavy night, but then they've got the Friday-Sunday off nights. So there's definitely a solid chance to work them into your lineups. If you can fit them for the for the Tuesday, then you've got them for the two off nights uh, later on in the week as well. And then you can just kind of see and uh, see where it goes. Definitely, I think he's being a little, a little too efficient, but that top power play is no joke in Dallas yeah. either. Um, yeah. So and the shot totals are really nice the last three games as well. So hey, I'm I'm not here to bet against Jamie Ben. All right, I don't know if you saw that clip going around of him uh, playing with Zach Hyman and slashing the stick out of his. Oh yeah, that was I was gonna say that to you. That was so weird. He's like had his arm around him like they're buddies. This yeah. guy's he seems like a beauty, Jamie Ben. He seems like a character. <laughs> Probably a guy you yeah. don't want to piss off either. So yeah, definitely yeah. not someone I'd want to so, piss way off. Way to go, Jamie uh, Ben. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm. I'm down for it uh, for a week at least. This week, uh, you can definitely fit him into your lineup, see how it goes, and maybe you know there's a chance too. He parlays this uh, this hot stretch into even more ice time, uh, works his way back up the lineup a little bit. Um, I'm not against it. How about you? Are you gonna pick him up? No, no, no. I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I can't do it. Um, it just I when I see those minutes, that's where I'm just like no. Like there's lots of guys or there are a few guys that do this kind of stuff in those minutes, but it never lasts. You need to be on the ice. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, you know, uh, hat trick though. What the hell? And one of them was Mm -hmm. like a sick snipe, like two on one, just ridiculous. Like who who, who is this guy? (laughs) But, um, you know, and I'm happy for him, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a third liner on Dallas and he's, he's getting some stuff done on the power play. So that's going to yeah. dry up. There's no way. I mean, this week, yeah, you, like you said, there are three, three, good, three games with two off nights. Go pick up Mason Marchment. All right? That, that's who you need to be getting instead of Jamie Benn. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just enjoy it. If you did pick him up, like, hopefully he, uh, you know, <laughs> does, does well. 12 minutes, though, 12, or 13 minutes. Come on. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's light for sure. The one thing that does give me pause is like uh, they've won all three of those games pretty convincingly. You know, they scored five, seven, and six goals in those three games mm, that he yeah. scored those big point totals in. Um, so he's getting his share of that, but obviously um, they're winning the way that they're playing, so he's not going to get mm-hmm. more deployment most likely. Um, I'm comfortable, you know, like I said, grabbing him to ride the hot streak, ride the bull for a little while. Um, I would take him over Mason Marchment personally at the oh moment. Oh, my. Um, Marchment has really cooled off um, yep. the last little bit in terms of the underlying stats, so that's why I'm I'm a little bit cooler on Marchment right now. Um, I, I view both these guys as kind of a stream, so I'll just kind of default to the one who's really hot right now and hope that he gets enough minutes to be relevant for the one week that I'm going to pick him up for. Okay. So. That's He's an me. Apples and Genos darling right now. <laughs> Jamie Ben, the Apples and Genos promoted, <laughs> confirmed. All right. 
I don't know yeah. if I'd go that yeah, far. That's right. No, that. no, I, I'm reading I'm, between the I'm lines. Okay All right. It. Jamie Ben uh, for the rest of the season. There we go. Yeah. Before we do get out of here, we got one question and coming in from David. He's asking about Kirby Doc. And I have gotten some questions about Doc. So I should take the time and uh, answer them on the mic here. Yeah, the last four games, he's got points in each of them. And he's played over 16 minutes in each of those games, including three assists um, the other night against Vegas. So that's pretty exciting um, in terms of just the the point totals, right? Um, do you have any big takes on Kirby Doc, Blake? I I I was more aware of him when he was with the uh, the Blackhawks. Um, I have I've only seen some highlights, um, but I'm happy he's doing well. But again, it's just the minutes. Like you know, he when he was playing in Chicago, he was getting sometimes 20 minutes a night. Whereas you know, it hasn't really uh, materialized that way. But I mean, he's on the top line with Caulfield and Suzuki. Like, hello. Mm -hmm. that's uh, Those guys are doing very well uh, to start the season. So, I mean, he's worth a flyer for sure. And then, I mean, is he getting power play two? Yeah, he's getting power play one. So, yeah, <laughs> you could do a lot worse, especially, you know, when they have a good schedule. That guy should be on a roster ASAP. What's he rostered yep. right now? Uh, right now, Kirby Doc is sitting at 13% rostered. Um, yeah, I, do, I have mixed feelings about Doc. Um Definitely, I, I don't see myself picking him, up, picking him up for this week. Three games with only the one-off night. So that's mm -hmm. not, yeah. you know, that's not super inspiring just in terms of the schedule. And he's he's definitely still at a streamer level at this point. It's not like these four games have suddenly, you know, completely altered my, uh, my perception of who Doc is and uh, what we should expect from him moving forward. Um, I will say that, it is like the deployment is really what's what's catching my eye right so mm -hmm. playing yeah. with suzuki and caulfield who are pretty much the only i would say legitimate <laughs> offensive threats yeah. on montreal at this point that's where you want to be um but when i look at his advanced stats um definitely the Corsi four is up from his time in chicago and you'd expect it to be playing with two guys like uh suzuki and caulfield who've been producing offensively so definitely as long as he remains there i think he's streamable um but in terms of his individual stats i don't see a big tick up in terms of the shots for 60 or the individual mm -hmm. scoring chances for um so really to me he's just a streamer still at this point um and the streaming schedule isn't that good this week, so I personally won't be taking the dive on Kirby Doc this week. No, he's a watch list guy for sure. Yep. Yeah. All right, folks, that's all we've got for this episode. Hopefully it brought you some value. Get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard today came from Natural Stat Trick, a terrific free resource. Go check that out. Many thanks as well to the band there there for supplying the music for the podcast. Be sure to check the them out on spotify and that's gonna be it folks much love see you later everybody mm -hmm.